Cool. Nice. We're good to roll, dude. Ready to rock? All right, awesome. Um, so we're already recording, so we'll just jump right in. Um, for those of you that are going to be listening in the future, um, I am interviewing Ryan Dreyer. Um, so I met Ryan through Twitter um, maybe a year ago or so when I was still using a pseudonymous account. Um, uh, I, I found you, um, I think, through searching Whoop on, on the search mechanism on Twitter, and you were posting your stats and data. Um, and I was fascinated by someone else, you know, just posting their, their data. Um, I think I got into Whoop maybe that May before that. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm extremely data-driven. Uh, so that's the first thing that caught my eye with you and uh, instantly made me follow your account um, and want to keep up with what you were sharing. Um, and then I started to see more of your story as you shared. And uh, I saw that you actually went through a similar experience to me where um, lost a lot of weight, um, got into better shape, um, started to find more purpose, um, really get your life together, like kind of around the same age that I did too. So um, it was really cool to be able to relate to another human being uh, on the platform. And you were kind enough to um, be open to getting to know someone with a pseudonymous account. Uh, so it's, it's a big pleasure of mine to finally meet you in person, um, at least through Zoom. Uh, we did the yoga class before, but uh, to finally get down to have a nice conversation. Yeah, dude. Thanks so much for uh, having me on here. I'm, I'm super pumped to chat. And uh, yeah, it's funny how we got linked up together. I was using Whoop a lot back in, I guess that would have been like, I don't know, early January, maybe even the fall of 2020 into right. the winter, spring of 2021. Um, but yeah, dude, I was always enjoying what you were putting out, uh, like thought provoking content. So it didn't really <laughs> deter me at all that that you were using a pseudonym. And truthfully, I don't even know that I knew it was a pseudonym at the time the name right. Budo Watts I, I just loved so I gotta I gotta know dude where did Budo Watts come from um so the 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 name Budo um it's a Japanese term um I'm pretty sure there's a few different translations for it but um the one that I liked was the martial way um and it's just I, I've always appreciated martial arts and uh they've helped me to um learn discipline and figure out how to use discipline in my life um, so I like thinking about things through a martial arts, a martial way kind of uh, mindset. Um, and then Watts, uh, I just took the last name of Alan Watts because i um, big fan of his work. And uh, I've fallen asleep to too many of his lectures to <laughs> even remember. So I just took um, inspiration from him. Um, but yeah, I was afraid to use my real name at first because I guess uh, some people just jump off the bat and want to try to put you in a box and label you and um, attack you for exterior things. So I want to really challenge people and um, making it difficult for them to pinpoint anything about me. And really, if you're going to attack me or uh, criticize me, you're going to have to do it with my ideas or on my ideas. And that's really what I was looking for at that point, just to have exchange. And um, I don't know. Yeah. During that time in 2020, that was what I was looking for, just connecting with people. Yeah, it's funny you say that, dude, because before I really started my online journey, like with, you know, my standard Twitter account that you see now, um, I like kicked around the idea of having like an anonymous account. Um, I don't really know why I, I, I had a bunch of blogs that I had tried to start um, even dating back to like college 
Um, I was super big into like sports blogging and I really thought that that's what I wanted to do for a while. Um, and there were just some characters online that had, I guess, just sort of sparked the interest that like I could sort of create this persona that I could publish under. Um, but I never got any traction with it. Right. <laughs> I was never that's able to, to develop anything with it. Um, and probably a lack of consistency was the number one thing, but also the lack of the lack of understanding myself was like the root of it. So it's like, if I don't understand myself, how the hell am I going to be able to understand this character that I want to create online? Um, so for me personally, like finally just saying like, I am putting my name out there. I don't care what people are going to say about me. I don't care how they're going to judge me. I'm going to do me and I'm going to stand by my name. Um, that was kind of a big thing for me and it, it, you know, kind of an underrated part of my journey, especially with the social media side of everything. I, I got that vibe from what you were sharing, uh, like around, I think it was when you were under, it was like when you were around like maybe 500 followers, I saw you really start to put yourself out there. You were taking, uh, you know, a ton of pictures of what you're doing, sharing your food intake, um, measuring. Uh, I remember when you were experimenting with the carnivore diet and then uh, even vegan diet just to like, you know, compare and contrast. Um, you were really putting yourself out there and that bravery and vulnerability is uh, really what captivate, uh, captivated me about um, you yourself. Um, so something that I want to, I have a few questions here just to, uh, so I don't forget them. Um, so, so like how, how much weight did you actually lose? Or do you feel like, um, like it was more of a mental thing that you wanted to improve? So did you lose a lot of weight or did you feel like you were really unhealthy? Cause I know that you said that you lifted when you're in college. So, yeah. So like, I guess just to give like a quick full scope of like my weight journey, it really starts like in my childhood. Um, I was like just a chubby and overweight kid. Um, I was always super athletic, but, and I played like every sport, um, but I was always overweight. I actually had a picture just pop up the other day that I'll throw up online later today. Um, but I was always the bigger kid and I, I had really uh, poor eating habits that, um, that were really just like the foundation of, of becoming overweight. Um, once I got to like 17, or 18. Um, my best friend and I, we did P90X nice. uh, at like my senior year of high school. And that was really like my first introduction to working out and, and really like getting myself in shape. And um, I lost, you know, I got really like lean and, 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 and pretty jacked from that. Um, nothing crazy, but like from where I started to where I finished that, it was like, whoa, I right. sort of figured some of this out. Um, and then for most of college, like I remained in pretty good fitness um, but it was like, once I sort of got to my senior year, um, my now wife and I, we, she's a year older than me. So we were in a long distance relationship at the time. And I was really struggling with like a lot of different things in my life. Like I was really doing poorly academically, like right. pretty much every semester, it was always a battle of whether I was even going to be going back to school. Like wow. my grades were always terrible. I was super disaligned with what I was studying, um, and like, I didn't really have a good direction that I was just headed in general. And that was kind of building throughout college, but I was still, you know, involved socially with things that kind of kept me afloat. Um, but as I sort of creeped into that senior year, like I just lost the grasp on a lot of things that were going on for me and I gained a lot of weight. 
Um, I think my peak weight that I know of that I got up to was like 222 pounds. Um, and I'm about 5'11". So I was definitely heavy and, and definitely nice. a big boy, but it wasn't like super extreme. Um, I really associate like my weight loss more with like me just getting my shit together. Right. Um, and really changing it's, the direction. It's funny, of my that, life. it's funny that you say that because as I'm, I was just taking notes before I'm thinking about how I'm going to ask you these questions or certain questions that I want to ask you. Um, and, and I, and I couldn't really articulate it exactly, but I'm saying, all right, how would, how would I just write it down? Uh, it's how did you get your shit together? Because ultimately <laughs> that's, that's what I think about myself too. It's, it's like, all right, yeah, I lost some weight. I found some hobbies or disciplines that I really love. Like you found ultras, um, Ironmans, um, endurance sports. Um, but like, you know, not everyone's going to be an endurance athlete. Not everyone's going to train jujitsu. Um, but ultimately the question is how do you get your shit together? So, so yeah, so continue with that. Yeah. So for me, it was like the end of my quote, senior year, I was still over 30, 30 credits um, from graduating. So I didn't really have any prospect of a future at the moment. Um, all of my friends essentially left school and I was kind of sitting there like, what do I have to do next? <laughs> like, where, what am I literally going to do? Um, you know, am I going to keep taking out loans to just keep staying at school and keep failing classes? Um, and, and, you know, like I just, I, I need to develop a bit of a plan. Um, so for me personally, like I stayed at school that summer um, and I lived with a younger friend of mine who really had his shit together overall and just always has. Um, and living with him just sort of helped me solidify just the routines that I needed to be in. Um, I was back in the gym every day. I was eating a lot better living with him. Um, I was taking two summer classes that I just really disciplined myself to succeed in. Um, I was working at a restaurant downtown. Nice. Um, so just like the culmination of all those things, it was more of just like, I really focused on myself. And I think that the biggest reason that I was able to succeed in that period of my life was that I, and it's not something that I personally did, but I was able to really like rid myself of all distractions. And that was more of a product of just the environment that I put myself in. Like I stayed at, at Penn State that summer, um, you know, the school semester, the spring semester was over. So like, I don't know, the drama and, and, is, is and that whatever that goes you consciously on did? Like, did you consciously say to yourself, okay, I just have to keep myself in the right environment, reduce all distractions, really audit my time. Or is that yeah, that I mean, for me personally, like I was really struggling um, back at home. I didn't really have a lot of strong relationships at home as a result of everything that I was doing. Right. Um, so whenever I was home in the summer, uh, back in Philly, like it was just tense. It was tense at home. Yeah. I, you know, my family knew I wasn't succeeding and I was very much in the mindset of just like, I'm a, I'm a young 20 year old, 21 year old. I know what I'm doing. I don't really give a shit. Like kind of thing. Right. Like, I was very much in that mindset. Um, and so those, the previous summer, um, I had had an internship that was somewhere outside of Philly that I lived on my own for. So I kind of knew that staying away from home was important for me. Um, and I think that I just sort of was fortunate in the fact that that, that summer semester, um, just kind of fell into place for me, honestly. Um, and that like three month period or whatever, you know, not like a ton changed. I, I ended up losing about 15 pounds. I, I succeeded in both of the classes that I took, um, which was the first time that like I hadn't failed a class in at least right. a couple of semesters. Um, and then that like ultimately just set me up for success moving forward. Like it wasn't like an overnight change, but like it built some momentum and it laid a bit of a foundation. So something, um, something that I keep talking about with uh, some uh, two of my buddies that I'm working with 
is um, how do we get people off zero? And, and it could be, you know, a health journey or just life in general, like we're talking about now, like, you know, getting your shit together. And, and it's, a hard, it's a hard thing to, uh, to really make sense of, but what we are thinking is that you have to get yourself off zero first, like to a degree, like you have to take that first step. So I don't know if you felt that or if you feel that now looking back. Yeah. So I was thinking about this the other day. And I think that one of the big things for me was like, I had a big identity shift and with that identity shift, like my priorities changed. And so like, Mm. it wasn't so much that like I stepped into a completely new identity, but it was more of like, I ridded myself of my old identity and my old identity was like, you know, I thought I was a frat star. I was like, very much into being the guy that made everybody laugh. I mm. would do anything to um, have other people think favorably of me. And what I really shifted to was, I really call it just like a person of progress. And this is absolutely not something that I recognized at the time, but in hindsight, um, I really think that that's just what it was. It was like, I was very committed to the daily progress. Um, my buddy and I that I lived with, we had this, we had this catchphrase that we would lean on and I actually took it from the rock. The rock would share this all the time. And it was just called gorillas in the mist. Nice. And it was like, oh, what yeah, the rock yeah. would post about, like, I think we're just working out in the morning at like 4am or whatever the hell he was doing. It's like, the, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not totally dark out. The sun is just rising. There's a mist, there's a fog laying over. And like, he is the gorilla going out on the hunt. Um, and but, so but if you go back to that mindset, that helps you start to shift that identity and at least make sense of yourself, you know, you start seeing yourself, you know what, I am Ryan, I am in the mist right now. Yeah, like I am a gorilla in the mist. And like, I had an 8am class. um, And so like, I was going to the gym at five or 6am every day. um, And I just latched onto that mindset. And that was just like really impactful and powerful for me to like latch onto something that was much bigger than myself and something that I felt like if I just keep doing this, if I just keep showing up, like, I am associated with this and I associate this thing with success. Nice. So it was kind of like a, a step ladder towards me achieving success and, and just ultimately thinking more highly of myself. Nice. So, so yeah, that, that leads into something else that um, I, I've tried to make sense of myself and I still am. Um, and, I'm, and it's something else I've been curious to ask you is um, the relationship between momentum and discipline, because I've felt that momentum um, in my life before when I started to get my shit together, um, lost a ton of weight. I was messing around with Olympic lifting. Um, uh, I was still doing yoga. I didn't start jujitsu yet at the time, but I was seeing progress in almost every facet of my life. And I started to become, I guess, addicted to that progress. Um, and I would start comparing like, you know, the percentages I was gaining each week and everything started to become myopic with it. Um, but eventually you, you plateau, I'm sure you've felt plateaus. And then that's when you start to realize that there's levels to this progress game and you can't rely just on the stat sheet alone. So, so how did, like, when did you experience that? Did you experience that? Um, and how do you make sense of like, you know, falling back on your discipline and, uh, instead of relying on momentum? Yeah. So like, I think that over that next stretch of four to five years from when I was 21, 22, um, up until about 26, I really had strong discipline, but I, I struggled with like 
really reaching the levels that I thought I was capable of um, in fitness specifically. Um, like I was really consistent. Like I've always loved working out really ever since those P90X days. Um, but like my diet was never clean enough. I was still drinking too much. So like I just yo-yoed all the time. Um, and so like I would gain a little bit of momentum, but then like I would go out, you know, three nights in a row on the weekend and then I would lose all of the momentum, but I'd right. have the discipline to be able to like kind of get Pick it, back it up by Tuesday, Wednesday, right on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Exactly. And so it's just like I was kind of stuck in that cycle and breaking free from that cycle. Um for me personally, it was getting into triathlon and getting into endurance sports. And so that is like a very clear divide um, just in like my progress journey, because since I've gotten into triathlon, like I don't yo-yo at all. Like I just tweeted today, like I kind of make a joke, like I'm in the process of fat shaming myself to lose a couple of pounds. Yes. <laughs> but it's like, I got up to 178, 180. I literally just did an Ironman three weeks ago. And it's like, I'm just... I want to see what it's like to feel a little bit lighter. And so it's like, I have systems in place now where I can deploy, maintain them. my discipline without losing momentum. Maybe if that makes sense. Right. So, um, I like that. So now, uh, do, do you feel like you have to be that way now because you have no other choice in order to achieve what you want to achieve? And it's that clear. Is that um, incentivizing you to do that? Be, be what way do you mean? Uh, like, you know, to cut out, um, I guess what was hurting you on the weekends to cause that yo-yo. Cause now you're, now you've tasted enough success in what you're doing and enough of that life progress to the point where the taste of that success is overriding the temptation or the FOMO that you might have. Yeah. Well, for me, like, this is where I connect everything with physical health to mental health. And it's just like, it's way more important for me to feel positively about myself, to mm -hmm. be in a good headspace. And to be able to do the things that I like to do, like go on a monster ride on the weekend or go on a big right. run or whatever it is. Um, and so there was definitely a little bit of a transition period where it was like I was still drinking frequently on the weekends um, and still partaking in a little bit of that kind of behavior, but also getting into like going on big rides on the weekends. And so there was like definitely a little bit of a feel out where I was like, OK, like I don't really want to drink that much on Friday night. Right. because I know I'm going to go on a ride on Saturday. So like, I don't know, one big thing for me personally was like, I was big into fasting for a while. And so like, I wouldn't really eat past 8 PM. And I basically just applied that to my drinking as well. Mm. And so it was like, okay, like the first step was let's not drink until midnight. Like I want to feel better on Saturday. So like, let me stop drinking at 8 PM. And so like, that was a good progress step. Um, but then like, as I started to realize like, wow, like I really love riding my bike and I really feel great when I do this mentally, physically, emotionally, everything. And so then it's like, okay, like I'm super looking forward to riding my bike on Saturday. So like, I don't really need to drink on Friday night. That's um, big deal. And so that like, for me, like, I think it was a lot more about like finding and moving towards the things that I enjoyed and that I liked and continually trying new things because this wasn't all just like the flip of a switch. Right. Um, and it was just like continually trying to get more out of myself and be in a more positive headspace. And I feel very fortunate that like, although it wasn't easy to like stop drinking as much and it wasn't easy to stop eating crap all the time, I was continually kind of nudging myself in the right direction. Mm. I think that's kind of how it played out for me. Yeah, uh, I, I can relate to that a lot. I, anytime I've tried to make drastic changes 
Um, I might do it for a day or two, but it's, it's difficult to stay consistent. But if you make small steps like that, um, I, I've seen similar success. Yeah. And I sort of feel like, I don't know, it's tough. Like if you would have told me, you know, if I go back and try to tell my 25 year old self, like, dude, you need to stop drinking on both Friday and Saturday night. And like, I was living in Nashville at the time. I was so huge into the Philadelphia Eagles. Like every Sunday, dude, would be slamming beers all day. <laughs> and like, I had an absolute blast doing it. And so I just like laughed. Right. It's like, right. if I went back in time and, and tapped that kid on the shoulder and said, you need to stop drinking all day on Sunday, he would like totally tell me to screw off. Right. So it's like, you gotta just, it's a gradual process and it, it, it needs to be fueled by things that you enjoy and things that you love. And being able to bleed more out of those things is what mm. has ultimately gotten me to you know cut out some of the behavior that like i really enjoyed and i loved doing that kind of stuff but but over time like i just started it it became super clear that removing that would be beneficial to me yeah that's uh that's that's a great point um and and that goes into something else i was gonna ask you which is um if you had to give your 18 to 22 year old self advice um what would you say or how would you uh, best advise yourself then knowing yourself now? Yeah, it's funny. I always like questions like this. Like, you know, on one hand, like I am a huge, one of the most beneficial thought models that I have ever adopted is just the idea that everything that has ever happened to me is the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I bet. And it's like all of my struggles and all of my pain has led me to where I am today, which is in a, a super happy and positive spot. Um, but at the same point, like there's, you know, there's things I definitely could have adjusted a little bit, but I think that like, without being like nitpicky to myself, um, I would just really have encouraged myself to like really believe in myself Mm. and try to not care so much about other people's opinions. Like that was just like the biggest theme of my entire life for most of my life is trying to be accepted, trying to be part of the cool kids group, doing things that would make people think I was funny or think that I was cool or, you know, doing the thing that nobody would else else would do because I'd get some laughs out of it. Um, And ultimately like that kept me, I was super disaligned from like what I wanted to do. Like I look back and it's like when I went into college, like, I was, I really wanted, I mentioned sports journalism. Like I really wanted to be a writer. I, you know, I considered majoring in English. Um, ultimately my grades weren't good enough for me to really have any dictation over what I was studying. I kind of just got ushered down a path. Um, but just like the notion that my own approval is the most important approval mm. and that my opinion of myself is way more important than other people's opinion of me. And I, at the time, I just never really understood that. And over time, I have simply learned that like by being myself, like it's okay if like I'm doing me and people are pushed off by it because I would rather push away 10 people to bring one person way closer to me. Isn't it, um, isn't it crazy how hard that is to understand before you experience it yourself? Dude, it, seems, it seems so cliche, but it's the truth. It's super hard to understand until you kind of feel it out. And it's something that I've even, you know, over the past six months to a year had to had to figure out because as I've become way more active on social, it's like there are people that I know and there are people that have been in my life for a number of years who like are maybe seeing some of the things that I've been talking about or that I'm doing. And like if they're just not in sync with what I'm up to, then like that might push them away. But Mm -hmm. like 
I don't know, dude, you're a great example. Like I've connected with you and I know a lot about you and I know a lot about the way that you think right. and I'm attracted to you as a person and as a friend. Um, and to me, like, it's like connections like this can like just explode what I'm able to do with my life. And right. so not being afraid of people being turned away is like, it's very important and it has to be a really, really strong conviction um, because ultimately, like if you're just being dictated by other people's opinions and, and deciding things and taking action based on that, like you're going to be really disaligned with yourself. And you're going to end up realizing it, whether you do now um, or, you know, in 10 years or 20 years from now, it's eventually going to hit you. Yeah. And like, you just want to, you know, the idea of being resentful about something, uh, not realizing it like decade till decades down the road, it's just like, damn, dude, I don't want to think like that. I don't want to be, you know, upset that I didn't pursue things I wanted to because I was afraid of what people would think of me. I think um, my number one challenge with exactly what we're talking about at that 18 to 22 year old age was I think I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I, I think I was pressured to find the exact career that I was going to be doing for the next 30 to 40 years. And to someone like myself who had, you know, five different cash jobs at that time and could have dropped one or two for another one or two, just because I loved doing a million different things. Um, I think I, I felt lost kind of like what you were saying in that junior or senior year in college, because I didn't really know what to do. And I guess because I wasn't playing a college sport, I was, I was uh, training martial arts at the time, but um, I didn't really view that as a career or anything. So I think, uh, I think maybe not, or thinking that you need that direction in order to start building yourself is something that people can make sense of too, or try to make better sense of. Like you could put yourself out there and share your authentic self at 18 to 22 years old before you like, you know, are an accountant or before you are a professional, you just be your 18 to 22 year old self. And now when I see young men do that, like some of the guys that I train with, they're super humble, some of them, um, and you see them just totally being okay with being a 19-year-old dude, not needing to know everything, not needing to have the answers to everything. So I, I, I sometimes uh, you know, like, you know, think about what I would tell myself at that 18 to 22-year-old age, and yeah, I would, I would agree. It's don't be afraid to be yourself, you know, put yourself out there. Yeah, I, I also think that like just at that time of my life, like I I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, like exactly like you said. And so I just had a lot of things to try out and experiment that's, that's a big with. Point. And I don't think that I was courageous enough to do that. Um, and I think that I probably would have benefited from that a little bit. Um, but it's so hard because it's like, you know, in that time, I was like, I, I would have told you that I was thrilled with how my life was going, <laughs> right. even though that like, I probably was lying about it, but like at the same point I was having a lot of fun. Didn't know um, so it's a fun, fun push and pull. I mean, I definitely see some younger guys, um, you know, even like guys on Twitter and stuff like that. And it's, you know, even just people that I've just known personally in life. And it's just like, damn, where you are at 18, 19, Incredible. 20 is just not where I was. Incredible. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, like, there's, a, there's a lot of reality to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that, that, that's, that's important to make sense of, um, uh, something else I was going to ask you shifting topics a little bit. Um, I want to get into running because, uh, I have a love hate relationship for running. <laughs> I I've learned to love it, uh, for, for how I use it over the years. 
Um, but my brother is the, uh, the big time runner in the family. Um, did you, how did you get into running? Did you, um, did you always like running or did you see endurance athletes and you wanted to like, you know, go after something similar? Yeah. So I would, I would say that I was never a runner. Um, I always like dreaded the mile in middle school and high school when we had to go run that in gym class. Um, I was always, always the slowest person on every single sports team I was on. Because any, anytime I see an endurance athlete, I'm, I'm always wondering like, you know, what convinced you to do this? Cause it's torturous. It's, <laughs> it's tough. Like you have to go through so much mental anguish. Yeah. So I don't have a, a huge background in running, but a couple of things that I will say is that um, my mom, I, I don't know that I would have described her when I was growing up as like a runner, but my mom liked to do races occasionally, you know, maybe once a year, um, once every two years, like she would do the broad street run in Philly, which is a 10 miler okay. um, half marathon, maybe here or there. So there were two times, there was one time in college that I ran a half marathon um, and I did it as a fundraising event. Um, and then there was another time when I was living in Nashville, when I was like maybe 24 that I ran a half marathon and I did that as a fundraising event also. Um, so my mom has always been really philanthropic, um, and that's been pretty instilled in me. Um, and so for those half marathons, like the motivating factor was raising money for them. And that is what held me accountable. Nice. So for both of those, like I didn't really train at all and I just showed up on race day and I just did it and it was hard, but I made it through. Um, and so when I think back to like the fact that now I do Ironmans and I've done ultra marathons, I'm like, insane. yeah, I was never into this stuff. But like, at the same point, there are a couple of things in my life that I can point back to where it's like, okay, like I kind of just show, I, I kind of showed up and, and, and just held on and endured. <laughs> and so I can kind of piece it back together a little bit. Um, so you have that, that liking for that enduring just like saying that I can do it and, right, I like and, that. and going out and doing it. So really those two moments I, I kind of look back on and I smile on. Um, but truthfully, like I never really got into running until I got into triathlon, um, which was happened when I was 26 in, in 2019. Um, and one thing that I really like about running is just that there's nothing like running shape. Like if you're in shape and if you can true. run and if you're running at good times for you, whatever that is, like I don't know, me personally, I feel my leanest, my strongest, my best. Um, and so that's always been like, a, you know, a, a, an anchor, I guess I'd say for running. Um, but what really got me like interested and um, learning to enjoy running is 100% trail running. Um, I really got into trail running. Um, I guess, or, I don't know, around the time that I got into triathlon, but just the idea of, of, of ultras and stuff like that just started to pique my interest. And when I got out onto the trails, like it's so much less about time and pace. And it's so much more about just be in the present moment, right. keep going, go for a certain distance, run the downhills and the flats, walk the uphills if you need to just go be out in the woods. Um, and so that really just like opened my mind to like, damn, what I can go run for an hour. Be. I can go right. run for two hours and like, that wasn't hell. <laughs> right. Um, and so it's like, I built that foundation. Um, and then I would say that like, I applied that foundation to road running and triathlon. Um, because kind of like a quick little backstory of like getting into all of this is that 
Um, I tried to get into it in 2019, but I broke my ankle shortly after I got my road bike. So like, I didn't really train too much in 2019, but then in 2020, I was really training a ton and riding my bike a ton. Um, and no races were going on because of COVID. Right. So I had attained the best fitness of my entire life. (sighs) And all of a sudden I was like, well, there are no triathlons going on, but ultra marathons are like these tiny remote events in the woods that are still taking place. So I was like, I want to do something epic. Um, and so that's what I, that's how I got nice. into that. And that's how I kind of transferred it over to trail stuff. Nice. Um, I was definitely doing some road running with my triathlon training, but nothing beyond just like how I would assume anybody would go try to run a couple of miles. Right. Right. Um, uh, so, so what's the biggest lesson that you would say? So since we were talking about life and getting your shit together, um, what's the biggest lesson that you would say that you've learned from now being an endurance athlete and training like an endurance athlete to, to your everyday life? Like what, what are the biggest things that you could now utilize? Yeah. Well, like the biggest takeaway from all of this has 100% been, um, my increased interest and understanding of nutrition. Mm. Um, I, you know, once you get into endurance sports, like you're just not going to be able to go out and have an enjoyable time for multiple hours. If, you're drinking the night before, if your nutrition the day before is shit, if your nutrition the morning of or during is off. So all of those things really like started to pique my interest in eating cleaner, fueling myself better. And it just gave me like an ability to understand how my body processes food and turns it into fuel. Mm. Um, And I think that a lot of my nutritional struggles and my weight struggles before I got into endurance sports is because I just didn't really know, like I could still show up to the gym and have a decent workout. Like I'm not going to show up there hungover and and feel great, but like I can kind of be doing whatever I want and still like have a decent workout. Um, Now, granted, I was never like an elite lifter by any means, (laughs) but I was still in there getting it done. Right. Yeah. Um, So that is like probably the biggest thing because now all of a sudden, like that has transformed the way that I eat for the rest of my life. It's transformed the way that my wife eats. It's just transformed every single thing about what I'm up to, um, mental health, physical health, the whole deal. Um, the coolest lesson that I think I've learned, and this is probably some recency bias, but, uh, as I've been reflecting on Ironman Texas a couple weeks ago, um, the morning of the race, dude, I was sitting at the swim start and I was like freaking out and I was like, so prepared. I had done my entire training build so well. I had been thinking about the race for weeks, visualizing it, I had done all my writing exercises. I had talked through the race step-by-step the night before, like I was ready to go. But race morning, I just started to think so big picture. And I started Mm. to be concerned with the logistics of my fueling on the bike, the logistics of the aid stations on the bike, uh, all of my power output, started thinking about the run and all kinds of stuff like that. And as I've been reflecting on that, I've kind of had this light bulb moment where it's like, you can't think about the bike before the swim. Mm. And it's like on that race morning, I had to swim first and I had already done all my preparation and there's no benefit to worrying about the bike because I've already done the prep for that. And what I need to do right now is just focus on getting in the water and executing that swim. And I've been able to piece that lesson to a couple of other things in my life lately, where it's like, 
I don't know whether it's like plans with family or just other things that are going on. And it's like, I don't need to be worrying about the thing that's way down the road. It's like, what do I have right in front of me? It's like that problem that I'm thinking about down the road, like that literally might not even happen. <laughs> like I might not even end up going in that direction. In a triathlon, I know I'm headed to the bike, but like in general, like things can completely change. And like, I need to be present and I need to be focused on executing what is directly in front of me. Um, and so that's just like a huge, huge, huge takeaway that I've thought huge. of. Um, and it's just something that, that will stick with me forever. I was going to say, um, yeah. And it just like that, that alone, it like that just sinks my, sinks my roots even deeper into triathlon and even deeper into endurance sports, because it's like, I'm getting these life lessons out of them, um, you know, while pushing my body and mind to the limit. I was going to say that that gives you even more conviction to continue to put your foot on the gas pedal with what you're doing. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, you know, I, I feel super, super fortunate because I have found a way that I love to push myself. Um, and I've found something that I love to do and it, it just keeps giving me positive return on my time investment. So yeah, I ain't going anywhere. And, and, and the lesson that you're talking about is simply being in the moment. Like, you know, yeah. to, tomorrow isn't real. Yesterday isn't real. It's everything is happening right now. So 100%. like, you know, just, just like you said, you know, you might uh, not have that plan that you're worrying about next week, but the, the swim is or the bike is coming after the swim. Like that's yeah. definitely happening, but yeah, no, I'm sure next time, if you can keep your mind locked into that swim, you'll be just fine because like fighters, um, the fight camp is way more difficult than the fight itself, or at least they say it should be Yeah, the training that you put in so that on fight day, you're just executing you know, everything that you've that you already into. done thousands of times or whatever. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a big deal. And uh, yeah. if people can learn that through endurance sports, if they could learn it through whatever they're persevering in their career or interpersonal relationships, however, they find that that's one of the biggest lessons that we could learn, I think. Yeah, no, it's super cool. I feel really fortunate to have kind of had that light bulb moment. Yeah, man. Um, so to, to wrap up, what I've been doing is asking people one random question. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite questions and I'm always curious just to see what other people think. Um, and I think it's a good way to end off. Uh, do you believe in aliens or do you think aliens are real? Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, I've been what? seeing some really cool things online. Uh, literally like just in the past couple of days, there was something that I saw that was like, um, basically like, I don't know, an encrusted mushroom or something like that like landed on earth and that kicked off the chain of events that has led to us being here. Wow. Um, and to me, like, I don't like know a lot about that stuff, but like, I welcome the mind blowing of it. <laughs> um, and I like to think big on it. Um, and like, I like to use that just as like an exercise to just be like, I should not think that I know everything. Yeah. <laughs> like I should not be a disbeliever. And there have been so many things in my life that like, just by being open and just by being willing and just by being available to change my perspective, like so much benefit has come from that. Mm. So to be somebody who's like super like, no, aliens aren't <laughs> right. real. We're just here. We showed up. Nothing else means anything. It's just like, right. I don't know, man, life ain't too fun to go, go through like that. Right. So, I was going to uh, say, I, I end up leaning in the same camp. Uh, I, I tend to believe that aliens are real simply because. I realize that there's so much that I don't know. And to, uh, to think that we're the only living species in this universe or in the multiple of galaxies that there are is kind of silly and uh, short-sighted. 
Yeah. And I'm always just like, I don't know, lately over the past like couple of months, probably I've been just thinking on the idea that it's just like, it's, it's like the most human trait to think that we're any different than any other animal yes. on the planet. And it's just like, no, we're the same. Right. <laughs> We've evolved and we have more consciousness, but like at, at a base level, we're just the same as squirrels and birds running right. around. And it's just, just trying to like, survive for this time that we have on this earth. Maybe, yeah. uh, you know, continuing our DNA a little bit. If not, then that's it. Yeah. And it's like, there are so many, so many headaches in the world these days and humans are such at conflict that it's like, I don't know, it brings me a ton of peace to just be like simplified and just like think about things on a much greater level than that. Um, I have and, a feeling that, that that's what we're kind of doing on Twitter too, with just connecting people and networking like that. Um, I think that community is starting to be realized as something that's so much more important than what people realize, you know, maybe, uh, like, you know, I don't know, getting to know people on that level is starting to be seen as so much more important. Um, yeah. So, so I think, uh, people are starting to wake up to the fact that we're not the only ones here. Um, connections are super important. So I, I think more and more people are starting to think the same thing. Yeah. And it's just like surrounding yourself with the right people, finding like-minded people and not being afraid to like detach from situations where you feel like you're being limited or things like that is, is super important in keeping your mind right and keeping your body right and keeping your spirit right. And uh, I definitely feel like you're on the path, brother. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. My, my, when I asked my wife that question, I interviewed her two days ago. Um, she said, I'll say yes, that aliens are real just so that they don't abduct me. <laughs> I'm like, that's the typical Catholic guilt uh, response. You can't, you can't get out with that. But hopefully they don't abduct you either way. Hopefully. Yeah, right. All right, man. Um, I really appreciate you spending this uh, time with me. We're about at like almost 50 minutes. I know that you're a busy guy. Um, yeah, so hopefully we get to do this in the future sometime soon. Yeah, dude. I'm honored to be on here. Thank you so much. I've loved connecting with you and I uh, love seeing you build what you're building. Thanks, and this man. is just the next iteration of you and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch it soar. Thanks, man.